Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. What up, everybody? This is Podcast Rebellion. I am Zach Berry, joined by Gray Hardison. Our fearless leader, Michael Borky, is tied up with some business, so he is not here tonight. So Gray and myself will be, uh, I was actually going to say steering the ship, which is fitting, because the Ole Miss Rebels will play Vanderbilt this weekend, and we are lucky enough to have Tom Stevenson of Anchor of Gold join us tonight. Tom, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for joining us, man. Um, so, <clears throat> looking into this weekend, uh, I was uh, going to be worried, as I think most Ole Miss fans are. Um, it, Vanderbilt, I think regardless of when the game is, um, aside from a game a couple years ago when they played uh, in uh, Nissan Stadium. Uh, yeah, we've, uh, plays- we've blocked that season out of our minds almost <laughs> completely at this point. Hey, hey, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that, our, didn't, uh, that game didn't happen as far as we're concerned. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. Our, our listeners are used to uh, blocking out whole years uh, from memory. So, Decades. Um, Decades. Yeah. De- de- yeah. So, um, but yeah, so just to kick things off, um, you know, other than that, Vandy always plays Ole Miss tough. And I mean, who better to ask than you? You know, why do you think that is? Well, I, I mean, it's this year, um, this year that's pretty much been Vanderbilt's entire schedule. I think uh, Vanderbilt's had like six games that were decided by. Uh, by one score uh, going either way. And then uh, then they had a seventh game last weekend against Missouri that was uh, a nine-point game. So that's just – I mean, as a Vanderbilt fan, I mean, Vanderbilt's M.O. has just always been, uh, you know, they'll play some team that's, like, way better than them and keep it within a touchdown or two. And, you, you know, you always think that you have a chance, but then you're uh, – you know, disappointed in the end. Um, you know, the, I mean, the first Vanderbilt game I ever went to uh, after I enrolled, it was like they lost by two points and missed like a 20-yard field goal or something like that at the end of regulation. So, I mean, that's just that's just how it always is for Vanderbilt. Um, they kind of play everybody close but never win. So well, that's what I was. I, oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was. That's what I was looking at. Uh, I was looking at Vanderbilt's schedule today and just scrolling through to see who they had beaten. And uh, I mean, I guess it. I think it's fair to say Vanderbilt's best win is either uh, over Georgia or Western Kentucky. Uh, and I know people maybe maybe sliding Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a pretty good team. Uh, well, I guess uh, since folks on SEC games what did because I'm looking at the Georgia box score and I saw Georgia 
uh, ran up, uh, let's see, it was like over 400 yards of total offense, and yet Vanderbilt held them to 16 points. What specifically did they do in that game to uh, to keep Georgia? I mean, if you put up 420 yards of offense, you assume you know your team would hit 30 something points, but uh, y'all held them to 16. What? How? How did that happen? Well, I mean, one thing that Vanderbilt has been really good about in the uh, in the past two years under Derek Mason, um, and and that's true again this year, and this was definitely true in the George game, is that they're, you know, that I don't know if this is a skill, but the defense has been really good at uh, buckling down, and uh, you know they'll let you get take the ball down inside the red zone, but then they'll you know, hold you to a field goal and sometimes not even that. I think um, I want to say in that Georgia game, like Georgia, I mean, they, they did a bunch of stupid stuff. Like uh, I think they, they punted on like fourth and five at the 35 yard line. I'd have to go look it up, but I mean, there was just some, uh, some silly just leaving points on the field. And uh, you know, somehow that's just become a, kind of Vanderbilt's MO over the last two years. I mean, they'll let you get all the way down the field and then, you know, either force a turnover or hold you to a field goal. And uh, there have just been so many, like, goofy turnovers. Um, Like, you know, they've forced fumbles at the one-yard line. And, I mean, they – I I, I can't say it's a skill because it – but it – at this point, it almost seems like it might be because um, they just they just somehow keep you out of the end zone after letting you get all the way down there. So you so you brought up the defense, and uh, we'll go ahead and start there. So um, obviously, under Derek Mason, uh, defensive background coming from West Coast, coming from Stanford, you know, coaching under Jim Harbaugh, those early early Stanford teams that were just known for their physicality and low scorings, you know, knockdown drag out games. Um, so Ole Miss has a little bit of a different look now, I, I guess just uh, physically why, I mean, the offense is going to be basically the same that it would be under Chad Kelly because Shea Patterson is a very similar quarterback, um, but just a different guy altogether. How do you think Derek Mason and Zach Cunningham and those guys, how do you think they're going to try to attack, the true freshman and try to, you know, confuse him or whatever. Well, and that's, um, that's kind of a good question because I mean, Vanderbilt's, uh, you know, two of their worst defensive performances this season, uh, were against, um, middle Tennessee and, uh, Western Kentucky, uh, which, you know, that's, I mean, that's sort of weird that the worst defensive performances were against CUSA teams, uh, with all the SEC teams on the schedule. But, uh, I mean, those were both teams that, you know, spread you out and uh, throw, you know, throw the ball all over the field. Because, I mean, Vanderbilt's defense is not really set up to stop that. And so I'm really, I mean, I, I, I'm i trying to remember if they've played a quarterback this year who has that um, kind of, uh, rushing or mobile element. Um, well, okay. Obviously, we played Georgia Tech, so that's a, but that's you know an entirely different kind of uh, uh, mobile quarterback. But um, 
I mean, I I think that I, I I'm not really a I'm not really a football analyst, so I don't uh, I don't know what what they would specifically do, but I think that you know Mason they'll they run a three four defense, and you know they'll probably try to throw a bunch of different uh, blitz packages at him to confuse him, um, which is uh, I mean that's something that I you know a true freshman quarterback seeing this defense for a first for his first time uh i think that would be probably the biggest uh, adjustment for him to make and moving over to uh <clears throat> excuse me offensive side of the ball uh i saw today uh, and i can't, i'm blanking on where i saw it but Derek mason said that uh ralph webb still bothered by an ankle injury and he was going to continue uh, going with the, I guess the running back. I think he said running back by committee approach. Uh, how? I mean, I know I know Vanderbilt has. They've, they've at times they've struggled on offense. But how? How much? Not having Webb at 100. percent How much has that? Because I know it, it applied in the Missouri game. But how much has that really, really uh, affected Vanderbilt's offense? Um, it's hard to say because it, it's. It's so strange that because the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, since it seems like since Ralph Webb got hurt, uh, the passing game has gotten a lot uh, better than it was earlier in the season. So, um, you know, I, I kind of I, I almost want to say like a healthy Webb with the passing game as it is right now. Um, I, I, th- I I thought after the Auburn game that you know, Vanderbilt would have won that game with a healthy Ralph Webb. I firmly believe that. Um, and I, now I don't know if Auburn might have adjusted what it was doing defensively. I mean, that's a little too complex of a question. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, it's definitely had an effect on the offense. But I think that some of that has been uh, kind of canceled out by, the, by Kyle Shermer uh, really hitting his stride over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I was going to um, touch on that next. So with Ralph Webb's availability kind of up in the air, um, I, I know it's not really in Derek Mason's nature to uh, spread it out a little bit, but, you know, Shermer's played pretty well uh, the past couple weeks. Um, do you think that uh, – because Ole Miss's weakness all season long, um, really up until the last, uh, I think, six quarters, uh, the run defense has improved. but I mean, small sample size. The whole year, Ole Miss hasn't been able to stop the run. Uh, do you think that Vanderbilt will look to open it up a little bit for Shermer, or do you think that running back by committee will will stay true? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I don't know if I would say they'll open it up, but they'll uh, they'll throw it a bit. Um, you know, I I I think that the coaching staff has kind of had the kid gloves on uh, Shermer a lot. Uh, this this year, and you know, it's it's actually really frustrating that they don't they don't really throw downfield that much, even when they're throwing it. It's just kind of a you know five yard out route kind of uh, passing offense. Uh, it, you know, as far as the running back by committee, I mean, uh, Kahari Blassingame, who is a converted linebacker, uh, he's a uh, he was Webb's uh, backup earlier in the season, but he's really a different kind of uh, back. And then uh, 
you know, they'll bring in Josh Crawford as more of a speed guy. Um, you know, and, and it's actually, I mean, I I really have no idea why they're why they've been having Webb play when he's like, I mean, he looks on the field to be like seventy percent. Um, so I really have no idea. I mean, if they just think that his backups are that bad or what, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, well, we talked about Webb, and you just mentioned some of the backup running backs. Who's uh, another guy on offense? Uh, and we also talked about Shermer throwing it a little bit more. Who's one guy on offense that uh, Ole Miss that Ole Miss fans could possibly spend their Saturday night screaming at the television? Why uh, our defense can't stop this guy? Uh, that I would have to say, uh, Kalijah Lipscomb. He is a uh, true freshman wide receiver out of a out of New Orleans who uh, was like, I mean, I want to say a low three star recruit, and then. Uh, he, but he's come in and been Vanderbilt's leading receiver uh, pretty much since day one this year. Uh, you know he's got really good hands, and uh, you know I could I could see him if there if there's one other guy on the offense who I could see uh, them just not being able to stop. That would be who I would say. But I, I mean we're it honestly we have one of the worst offenses in the country, so I'm kind of thinking y'all won't be screaming much about <laughs> defense. <laughs> no, n- never, never doubt the power of an Ole Miss defense to uh, give up lots and lots of yards to anyone at any time. Well, you know, you know it, what's funny is that I mean, some of the some of the Mizzou, Mizzou fans last week were saying that, like that, you know. It, you know, Mizzou's not going to hold this team under 30. And I was like, uh, well, no, Vanderbilt's going to hold themselves under 30. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you think your defense is, uh, you think your defense is going to give up a bunch of points, but I know that this offense is not going to score that much. So, um, yeah. You, you've expressed your concerns about the offense and, uh, y- you know, the defense. So the defense is going to play play well. Um, I, I, think, I think I speak for most Ole Miss fans uh, that you know Derek Mason is going to put a more than capable defense out there regardless of who they play. Um, the, the Commodores don't they, – they, they never get blown out. They, they rarely are blown out, um, especially this year. Um, one of the things I want to step out of the box here a little bit. One of the things that's that's intriguing about this game was I thought after the Georgia win, uh, I thought Mason had really turned a corner. I thought the the offense was was improving, um, and they lose to Mizzou. So sitting at four and six, um, your your two games remaining are are against an Ole Miss team that's got a little bit of a new identity, um, new quarterback. Uh, just had a big win on the road, um, and then you play a Tennessee team, rivalry game, whatever. Uh, uh, don't worry, everyone at, at Red Cup Rebellion agrees with with you that that Tennessee is overrated and they suck. Um, but regardless of that, how do you think the team's buy-in? How do you think the team's attitude is going to be on Saturday? Do you think it's going to be a team that's going to be fighting to try to get to a bowl game, or do you think this team might? 
be leaning towards the, eh, we don't really have much to play for. Uh, I would def- I would definitely say it's going to be the former. I mean, this is uh, if there's one thing that uh, you know, if there's one thing that I can say positively about uh, Derek Mason as a head coach, uh, you know, this team this team's not going to quit on him. Um, and so, I mean, this I, I mean, it's kind of a complicating factor that Vanderbilt, because of their APR score. Uh, Vanderbilt really only has to go five and seven to get into a bowl, um, which I mean, honestly, Vanderbilt going to a bowl game at five and seven because of their APR score would be like the most Vanderbilt thing ever. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I just can't see this team quitting because um, I mean, this it's hard to say that this has really been a disappointment because. Um, you know, if we were being honest with ourselves at the beginning of this season, this was probably going to be something like a, you know, five or six win team. So maybe it's mildly disappointing, but um, I can't see a team quitting because it's not like anybody was expecting them to go nine and three or something. Yeah, and and for the record, I fully expect a tight game. Um, uh, I, th- I think Ole Miss, uh, <clears throat> Gray, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think they might come out a little flat because big emotional road win last week. Um, and then, like you said, Tom, I-, I-, I just think Derek Mason is a hell of a coach. Um, he's got the toughest job in the conference, one of the toughest jobs in Power Five. And, um, yeah, they're going to be ready to play. I mean, they lose a tough one to Mizzou, but, um, yeah, I think they're going to be ready. Yeah, I, I think they're going to do sort of like what they did last year. Uh, so they're going to come out and they're going to play probably too high safety and basically say, see if we can run the ball. And last year we really struggled with that. And, uh, you know, I mean, they had every chance in the world to win the game last year because uh, they really, really slowed down our offense. Um, but you mentioned uh, one more question on Mason, I guess. Where do you, and I guess, I don't know, I'm not going to ask you to speak for all of Vanderbilt, but where this is, so this is Mason's third year. Where do you stand on Mason uh, going forward? It's, do you believe he comes back next year? How many, or, or how many more years do you think he should get? Or is this possibly, if he doesn't make a bowl, is this possibly it for him? Well, I mean, are you, I, I can't tell, I can't tell if you're asking my personal opinions or, or do you want? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to ask you yet. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, my personal opinion is I, I'm kind of up in the air about whether or not he deserves a he should get a fourth year. Um, I, I I can't, but I can't. What I can't decide is whether I'm just kind of talking myself into it because I know that's what probably what's going to happen. Um, some of the some of the insiders who are closer to the Vanderbilt program than uh, than anybody at uh, Anchor of Gold are pretty uh they're pretty uh solidly convinced that Mason is going to be back next year uh barring just something like uh, you know Tennessee hanging 70 on us uh so I think I mean it, if it's a question of will he be back next year I think the answer is going to be yes um as far as whether he should be I mean I think that a lot of the fan base uh 
is kind of already giving up on him. Uh, and But it's also, I mean, the fan base has, has been really uh, schizo this year because after, you know, the Georgia game and the Auburn game, there were a lot of people who thought, okay, you know, we can live with him getting another year. And then after uh, after the Mizzou game last week, I mean, it was just suddenly, oh, no, let's let's make a change. So I personally, you know, I personally think, uh, he just needs to not embarrass himself uh, in the last two games of the season. And, uh, you know, especially if somehow Zach Cunningham uh, comes back next year, because Vanderbilt only has, I think they only have like nine or ten seniors. Um, they could be better than this next year just with what they have coming back. Uh, so, you know, I, I – I guess I, I guess my end, my final answer is I don't know uh, if I think Derek Mason should get another season, and uh, it may take the last two games of this year to figure that out. So <clears throat> let's say that um, let's just devil's advocate here. Let's say that they lose Saturday to Ole Miss, um, regardless of the outcome, blowout, close game, whatever. They lose. Um, let's say they get blown out by Tennessee, just don't play well, lose, you know, 45, 17. Um, if Derek Mason leaves, I've heard some scuttlebutt. Um, uh, some people are saying he wants to go back out West. Um, I've even heard the, the crazy scenario where, uh, Lane Kiffin gets the Oregon head coaching job and then Derek Mason is his defensive coordinator. Uh, which I think would be oh, wow. would, that is that is that is the the most insane marriage <laughs> that I yeah, that, that I think that I think would work. Um, but but anyway, so do you think you know? <clears throat> let's say Vandy doesn't want him. Do you think he would go back out west, um, or do you think he would stay in the SEC or try to stay in the SEC? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I think he might try to stay in the SEC because I think he has, uh, uh, I, I guess, kind of the inside scuttlebutt is he has two daughters who I think are both in high school right now. Um, you know, and his I think his older daughter actually just uh, signed a letter of intent to play lacrosse at Florida. Um so I mean I would I would bet just based on knowing that that he probably would try to stay in the SEC if he were uh, no longer Vanderbilt's head coach. Well, uh, I, think, I, I mean I think I, I want to say Mississippi State's defensive coordinator also lives in Nashville. So I mean you can certainly live in uh, Nashville and take a job <laughs> at another head coach. <laughs> well, well. Well, he certainly he certainly does not want to live in Starkville. Um, but nobody I, does anybody. <laughs> I definitely doesn't. I, he's definitely not. Well, Nashville is kind of like Starkville, so I'll just live here. Um, yeah, no. Uh, well, I think I, I I think I can speak for everyone else that uh, if Derek Mason would like to stay in the SEC and he is unemployed next year, that Ole Miss would l- l- freaking love to have him coach some defense. Uh, so Gray, I think you're in the that. same boat. Yeah. I, I would <laughs> yeah. sign up for that right now. Yeah, yeah. don't go care. <laughs> um, so 
looking at Saturday, Tom, um, you know, the Ralph Webb availability is up in the air still. Um, what, give me your thoughts, uh, just kind of a all-encompassing quick little preview and how you think the game will shake out on Saturday. Well, I mean, I'll just give my stock answer and say this will shake out like every Vanderbilt game shakes out. It'll be low scoring. It'll, uh, it, it, you know, Vanderbilt will uh, tease its fans and give us a give us hope that we have a chance to win this game. Uh, then, you know, Ole Miss will uh, prevail in the end, but, you know, nobody nobody's really going to have a good time. I think it'll be a final score of something like 17 to 10. Because uh, that just, I mean, this is, if you watch Vanderbilt long enough, that's, it seems like that's literally how every one of our games plays out. So that is, I just think that phrase may be of every real game. No one is going to have a real good time. Yeah. You know, nobody ever does when football yeah. is involved. Well, uh, Tom, we can't thank you enough. We really appreciate the time. Uh, and also, I, I've, I've been speaking for a lot of people. I've been speaking for a lot of people tonight, but I think I can speak for uh, Ole Miss fans once again that I'm I'm very glad that uh, you didn't make any Bryce Drew jokes uh, during this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny because I, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly the basketball guy at Anger of Gold anyway, uh, but, I mean, I think I got enough trolling in there uh, back in April when he was hired, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was good stuff. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure Anger of Gold and, and Red Cup went, uh, back and forth with a little tongue in cheek on Twitter, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I, I some of the other SEC blogs I always uh, go in. You, you know, you go in the comments and you kind of forget sometimes how seriously some people take this. And I think uh, <laughs> Red Cup and Anchor of Gold have almost have pretty similar uh, commenters. Uh, so, I mean, that was definitely a fun time had by all. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if you ever want to lump yourself into the same category as our commenters, but I, I get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> well, okay. I mean, they're in some way they're different. Um, but yeah. All right, Tom. Well, um, are, are you, I, I don't know. Are you going to be at the game on Saturday? Uh, I am not. I was I, I was thinking about it uh, about a month ago, and then I uh, got caught up with work and can't get out of Houston. So I will be watching on TV. Hi, man. Well, um, once again, really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, no problem. So, Tom Stevenson, Anchor of Gold. Uh, you know where to find it: anchorofgold.com, SB Nation Network. Uh, Tom, really appreciate it, man. Have a good one. No problem. Bye, bye. And once again, that was Tom Stevenson of Anchor of Gold. Really appreciate him coming on. Uh, <clears throat> I feel like that's great. I don't know if you checked it out much. I feel like that's one of the more low-key uh, good blogs in our network. Um, they do a lot of really nice stuff for basketball. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I have not. I don't. I don't read it every day. Put it that way. But uh, it is uh, the stuff I do read. Yeah, I always enjoy enjoy their 
hashtag content. Uh, and yeah. I would, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, like I said, if you enjoy, uh, I guess, smart, uh, insightful writing, uh, yeah, there's some good stuff there. So I've, I've been thinking about it all week. Uh, been going back and forth. Uh, part of me thinks that Vanderbilt will come out and do what they do. Um, typical Derek Mason team, going to be tough, going to play 60 minutes, all those nice metaphors, um, and, and play Ole Miss tough. I, I think Ole Miss wins this game, um, but I can't decide – if they win it running away or if it's going to be like Tom said and be like a 20-13, to 23-14 type game, um, how are you feeling uh, as we head into uh, the home stretch of this week? Uh, I'm sort of – I think I'm sort of in the – it's going to – sort of what he's saying. It's going to be close. Um, I, I mean, it, it's – like I said, I, I think Vanderbilt is going to come out and they're going to play a too high safety look they played last year and basically say, if you can run it, you know, uh, then we'll get out of our too high safety. But if you can't, we're going to take away the big plays and you're just going to have to run it to beat us. And we struggled with that last year, and I don't, I don't see any reason. And our running game has, has not improved, uh, so I don't I don't see any reason they're not going to take that same approach. Uh, but sort of what he said, too, they, I mean, I'm looking right now, their offense is uh, – Let's see, 119th in S and P. Uh, I mean, it's it's there. It, for those of you unaware, that there are 128 teams in one uh, uh, A. I don't, I can't remember. Are we FBS or FCS? I've never. I think we're FBS. Whatever. F uh, FB FB FB. Yeah. So they are <laughs> 119 out of, of 128. It, it, not good. And I I think I they're just gonna. I mean, unless. We gift them some short fields and and have well, I mean we're going to have our one busted coverage like that's going to happen. Um, but as long as we limit that to one and make them string together, and you know let Womack enforce his ultimate bend but don't break defense and make them put together ten and twelve play drives. I mean I just think it's going to be very difficult for them to score. Um, but I also for us, I you know I mean as as wonderful as, as Shea Patterson was the other night. And I, I mean, I think he's obviously he's going to be really good, uh, but you just kind of have to be worried about you know a true freshman. You know, there's there's always when you talk about like you know 19, 20 year olds, 21, 22 year olds, there's always going to be some level of inconsistency. And I think you're kind of, at least I am, kind of worried that this could be one of his inconsistent moments because I saw, I don't know if you looked, but the weather's, I mean, I think it's going to be like 40, 45 degrees. The wind's going to be blowing 15 or 20 miles an hour. So it's not like ideal conditions. And uh, that kind of concerns me, but I, I just, I have a hard time seeing unless Ole Miss just completely melts down how Vanderbilt is going to be able to, to pull this one off. Yeah. Well, um, now that you bring it up, I, I just thought of this. Um, the weather was looking to be kind of cold, but I think it's going to be the high tomorrow is in the 80s here, um, which is pretty odd. Uh, it is November uh, in Nashville. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, so my X factor here, and just to, just to you know, the yin to your yang here, I, is this Ole Miss team, uh, do they have a new identity? Have they, ha- you know, some newfound hope. Um, do they have a little excitement now? 
you know, we talked about it on Sunday, how that team on the sidelines and the fans in the stands, you know, it was a whole different look. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if Ole Miss will come and blow out Bandy. Um, back-to-back road games with a true freshman quarterback will be tough. Um, but my X factor here, um, you know, the run game has been pretty man all year, but man, they were downhill and the offensive line banged up as it was. They really played well. And Akeem Judd had himself a hell of a game. So my, you know, offense defense X factor is that running game might be able to help Shea Patterson once again. And then I think that defense, man, in that second half against A&M, they were flying around. They were making plays. Uh, Fidal Brown is looking better and better. Tony Connor is looking better and better. And I think that young secondary is really starting to find its groove. So if those things work, um, I, I, you know, I could see I, I could see something like a 31-17, 31-13 type win. Yeah, I'm giving, I, I agree. I'm giving Vandy a lot of points there. Um, and and well, I talked about Cal Shermer, how he's, look, he's looked better. But, I mean, as, as low as he was, you know, he only had he only had one way to go, and that was up. Right, right. Yeah, well, you've got to, you know, like I said, you automatically have to account for our, our one-blown coverage. That's seven points right there. Uh, and you figure something else happened. So, yeah, I mean, I could see them getting 10 or 13 at least. Uh but yeah, no, I think you kind of going back to what you touched on is, I mean, if if Ole Miss, if we run like we did last week and the defensive line especially plays like they did in the second half last week, yeah, I can see it. Not necessarily like blowing them out, but you know, at least a two score win, maybe three scores, um, because that when the, like I said last week, when the defensive line plays like that it makes everybody else's job so much easier i mean going i watched i've like watched the game like twice the a&m game like twice now and one of our biggest problems is, is obviously still linebacker but with the way the defensive line played uh they were either getting penetration or sucking up blockers and linebackers can make plays and that hasn't happened all year and then obviously when <clears throat> when it's difficult to run you know you got to throw uh that's that's good news for your secondary because they only have to worry about one thing. And so, I mean, if those things – basically, if the defense plays like this in the second half, I, I feel real good about an easy win. Yeah, the um, the ultimate, uh, I guess, the the way to really level the playing field here, because, I, you know, Derek Mason's going to really want to play keep away. He's going to want to control the clock, shorten the game. Um, but like you said, if the defensive line is playing like they did in the second half against A&M, Getting that push up front, uh, creating you know easier run fits for the backers. Um, I think it's going to be hard for Vandy to keep Shea Patterson and the Ole Miss offense off the field. Um, one more thing to mention before we go. Uh, that, that's, I mean, because this is such an intriguing game, man. I, I really think it is, and it's not just because we're Ole Miss fans. Um, it, it's just you know, Vandy traditionally has a good defense. And Ole Miss has this newfound life with a freshman quarterback. But for some reason, you know, this game should be a two- to three-score win for Ole Miss, but for some reason it's not. Um, And I think the one reason that it could be that two- to three-score win for Ole Miss is I think that Vanderbilt's secondary has really struggled. Um, They struggled last week against Mizzou. Mizzou at times this year has 
looks like a team that can really throw the football around the yard. I think Drew Locke has talent. He just needs another year. Um, Josh Heupel, the OC at Mizzou, uh, former Oklahoma quarterback, national champion. He's really got that offense churning um, at times this year. At times they've looked just absolutely miserable. But um, if anybody's going to challenge a secondary, it's going to be the wide receivers at Ole Miss. I mean, let's be real. Um, So that's my thing. I I think that could make this game somewhat of a – of a boat race, but I, you know, the, like you said, if the weather's kind of cold, um, another road game for Shea Patterson, uh, not necessarily that he's going to struggle, but just kind of one of those weird funky games, maybe a look ahead. Maybe they get caught looking ahead to the egg bowl. Um, so give me your final thoughts, uh, before we close on this game. Yeah, that's well, I was just thinking about, it. I was about to in, jump in with, with, with a good Hugh Freeze joke, but, but looking ahead, it's Freeze is ever since uh, you know, every. I guess it's probably after the uh, Auburn game. Freeze has basically started this mantra of uh, next week, just be one and zero at the end of next week. And I think, I you know, I mean that's just always cracks me up about some of these football like mantras and things. It's like they're so dumb and so elementary, but like. Everybody just buys into them. I don't know. I guess that's the the simplicity of them which makes it catchy. I don't know. Uh, so I, I I don't really I'm not sure that I would see them looking ahead, um, especially since they know you got to got to win two here. Uh, well, no, actually we just have to win one. But but uh, but you, I don't. Know. Yeah, seven and five is way more uh, stupid. But way, seven and five is way more sterling than six and six in my opinion. Uh, but I. I I think if if Patterson uh, he does not have to play like he does like he did last weekend like that I mean that was just extraordinary what he did uh, but if he goes out and, and you know basically just doesn't make any any key mistakes uh, and and you know like I said get get the similar defensive play I think we'll be fine I just I'm like I just don't think they're like I said their off lack of offensive foul firepower is uh, is going to hurt them and. And I'm looking right. Um, their defense right now is in SB. And it's, it's, not, it's not overwhelming. Um, and I think, like you said, I think the, the key matchup for us is, is going to be our receivers on their secondary. I just, I don't think they can guard us. Um, but you know, cold weather, wind, who knows? We'll see. But uh, but yeah, I. I Barring a meltdown, I feel good. Yeah, and like you said, uh, one win away from bowl eligibility. Um, the last time, th- this would be going for five in a row. Five straight seasons with a bowl game under Hugh Freeze. The last time they went to five straight um, was, uh, I believe, when they earned a berth in the uh, then um, – I'm reading a stat here. The then national best 15 straight seasons from 1957 to 1971. Uh, they went to 15 straight bowl games, I believe that's saying. Um, but anyway, uh, it's been a while since they've done five in a row. Um, that's what happens when you hire uh, Houston Nutt um, and Ed Orgeron. So, um, yeah, like you said, um, passing game is going to be the key here. Uh, Ole Miss is 13th nationally in the country with, a little over 300 yards per game. I think it's 318 um, nationally. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, we will have, uh, we'll, we will have on the ground coverage for you. Uh, our very own ghost of Jay Cutler and Smirgo will be here with me. Uh, we will have plenty of shenanigans on the Snapchat. Um, not sure. Might do a Facebook live video. Um, depends on how, uh, stable we are after the game. Um, <laughs> that's but, that's uh, a safe word there. Safe word. Stable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stable. So, um, yeah, so I think I think it'll be a fun game. Uh, I think, like I said, the matchup is intriguing. Um, but yeah, Ole Miss going for bowl eligibility here. Uh, Tom seems to be pretty convinced that uh, Vandy might be able to sneak into one with a five and seven record. Um, but yeah, uh, Ole Miss Vandy Saturday, seven o'clock Central Time, uh, eight o'clock Eastern for all you East Coasters um, on SEC Network from Nashville. Um, so for myself, Zach, and for Gray and Tom that joined us, once again, we thank you. Go check out Anchor of Gold. Go be nice in the comments. Go interact. Don't make a fool and look, make us look like idiots. But, uh, for Gray, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion, and we talk to you guys on Sunday when we're good and hungover. We out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.